thank you for doing this. I uh, I really want to hear a bit more about what you do, and I'm sure people listening would also like some insight. So do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for having me as well. It's really no, cool. No problem. Uh, hello to the world. Um, my name is Rochelle Campbell. I am a biracial woman who kind of has a bunch of labels. So today, I guess I'll just label myself as an artist, designer. Um, over the pandemic, I became a magician and overall just a crafty person. So that's kind of where today will fall. I feel like each day it just always evolves. So that's what I'll say for today. What do you find yourself labeling yourself as like day to day when people ask what you do? Like what, what's the typical answer? Honestly, I, I just, I feel really silly when I answer that question because I, I just find that I'm, I'm just so different all the time. And so I usually will go towards like a designer or an artist, but that already kind of makes me feel a little cringe saying, so I just kind of just, yeah, those are the two main titles that I'll say. And what, what were you doing first? Like what, what birthed all of it? Like five years ago, what would you have labeled yourself as? Um, I think at that time I was really being playful with photography. So I would say a freelance photographer. Um, I as well was living in Vancouver at that time. So I was um, interning at a public relations firm. So the I would also say like a PR assistant at that time, which was so weird to me. I think I just felt pressure and having to have a career and like pay bills. Yeah. But I was pretty unhappy with it. Our clients were actors and it just was not my vibe at all. So um, yeah, I would say photography and like even with Honey Club, it was a lot of graphic design and photography too. So yeah, I was kind of doing that. Right. With, with Honey Club, you uh, you guys did everything like yourselves, right? Like you shot the photos right or did other or a mix of of all of it so all the features that were featuring local artists in Edmonton uh was photographed by me um and then we did feature actually a few photographers that were like in the United States or um I think there was one in Europe and so that wasn't by me but for the most part we did everything Avery did a lot of the graphics and the layout and she did such a great job with that and we just really wanted to just take control of everything and kind of just kick it out I mean it only took I think like two months to make so we just really wanted to rely on ourselves to do that is there the possibility of like a resurgence of honey club no, I don't think so. I think Honey Club really helped me, though, take me to where I am now. Yeah. Uh, which I'm really, really grateful for. At that time, I was so involved and surrounded by such beautiful artists in Edmonton. And that was when I was like, okay, I want to like uplift everyone around me. And that's when Honey Club came in. But now I've taken a lot of bits and pieces from that and have kind of created myself on being more of an independent artist. And instead of focusing on other artists and uplifting them, this past couple of years have just been more focused on myself and figuring out what I want to do and who I am as a person. Um, So that's been really nice. And what's your plan for the, if you have one, like, do you want to see yourself like making sure your footing is grounded and then will you go back to uplifting other people and even as i'm saying that i can think of so many people that you 
have have worked with like recently so you're definitely still uplifting the community but like do you you feel you'll focus more on that later or do you intend to focus more on that later yeah for sure I think my goal is to always collaborate and uplift artists that are around me and I really just Oh, how, will always keep that in focus for me. Yeah. But the last, like the last three years have been just me strictly figuring out, okay, what do I want to do? What does Rochelle like? And what does like, what's my brand and what's my style? Cause I've been so surrounded by so many other different styles and artists. And I felt like a chameleon almost, but now I'm in this really cool space where I can really just um, develop as a person and an artist and kind of take everything that I've learned. And the pandemic was a huge one for me and for everyone to be able to like have to stay at home and learn more about yourself and you have no human interaction. So you just really have a lot of time alone. Do you, uh, now that you've moved back, you uh, are you content here or do you have plans to go elsewhere in the future I honestly ask myself that all the time uh but I think I am content here I feel like I can have two lives here which is like my normal self of like suburbia I live in like the far north side and I like hitting up the Sobeys and going to the VIP Cineplex and just living that really like to myself life. And, um, but then also like the online world, I'm able to meet people and potentially have travel plans and do pop-ups. And so Edmonton is kind of the place to be for me, I think for, for a very long time. Yeah, I think I think it's great here. I think uh, people are like quick to hate on it, but exactly what you're saying is kind of what I take pleasure in around here too. Just like doing the simple things and then being able to like potentially grow something that could get some traction outside the city and make travel and like temporary pop-ups and all that like open the doors for that but i i personally think this is a great place to be tethered to like it's uh it's easier to exist here it's a bit cheaper but then like still be thinking of things on like a global scale like what the the cliche thing is like think global act local or is it think local act global either way yeah both work I feel so is that that's how you relax like going to cineplex and all that stuff like just normal everyday life that's how you unwind yeah definitely I mean there's a part of me that loves that whole glam life and like living such a lavish lifestyle. But at the end of the day, I just really want to be in my sweatpants and, you know, watch reality TV with my partner and like, you know, just really chill out. And I don't know if that's like how you feel where there's parts of you that would love to go travel and like live somewhere like LA or New York, um, where you're kind of maybe surrounded by more of, um, what you like but at the end of the day do you want to be in a more like humble city where you can afford a house you can afford comfort but also still be creative in that space yeah I I constantly think it there would be benefits to being in like a bigger kind of a mecca for whatever I'm into then I, I think about the the competition and how many people are like cutthroat trying to make this type of thing work in like a New York or a Los Angeles. And I I always kind of come to this decision that it's probably maybe not easier, but it's more attainable in, in a smaller scene like here. 
And then the like days off and the relaxing, I think it is a lot easier to do here as well. I, f- I feel in bigger cities like that, it would be really hard to like turn it off. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's, as you said, it's competitive, more competitive out there. And I feel that might motivate you to create more work, but would that work be just more like genuine to yourself or are you just creating just because you want to just always be creating and like forcing yourself to create in those busiest cities yeah exactly and now as you're like uh, I mean you've been doing this for a while so I don't mean to say like emerging artists but as you pay attention to the scene and like what we have and what we don't have do you see more people like coming out of the woodwork to create stuff or is it kind of still as like stagnant and slow as it was a few years ago in Edmonton? Honestly, I think Edmonton has just progressed so much and I feel a little old now. (laughs) Like I see all these younger artists who are in their early twenties and they're, they're doing what we were doing and I'm still like learning about all the younger generations in Edmonton and so it's really cool to see that and it's really cool to see Edmonton evolve in that way and especially with all like the new businesses that have opened up around here and like yeah it's it's really amazing to see I do feel out of it though like I feel like the old old mama bear now yeah that every day every day multiple things happen that make me feel old (laughs) and a bit out of touch and it's there is a lot of cool things happening I I try to like pay attention to it all but it's it's hard but that's good right if there's I feel a few years ago, there was not much going on, so it was easy to stay on top of it. And now there's too much to stay on top of it all, but that's probably a good thing. That means there's more happening and more like creativity and more people like going forward with ideas. Like I feel before the pandemic, so many people had ideas that they weren't really going through with but then the pandemic almost forced them to do it because what else were they doing in that time so I mean not all of it is is good like I, I don't have anything in mind that isn't good but of course with more you're gonna have to weed out like what what has longevity and what doesn't but I think, yeah, the city is quite promising now as opposed to how it was a few years ago, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I kind of have a weird perspective on it because um, I have was living in Vancouver for four years and then the pandemic hit and then we moved back about four months after the pandemic. So I still feel like I'm in this weird bubble here where when we moved here, we were all still isolating and I really wasn't able to like get a feel of how Edmonton is now. Like I've missed four years of what's been going on here. And so I'll be hanging out with friends and they'll just like name drop a few people and then I'll have no idea who they're talking about. And then they're really surprised that I don't know them. But I feel like a lot of people forget that I've just, I've skipped a huge chapter. Yeah. And I had to isolate really fast as soon as I got here. And I've pretty much have kind of still been isolating because I'm just so used to it now. Like I have, I have no idea where to go. Um, I'm also a huge, not, I, I'm, a, I don't like to go out very often. I'm yeah. like such a body now. So, um, I want to push myself to go out more and like do more community events for sure. But yeah, I've, I've missed so much. 
I feel like I'm like Austin Powers where he gets frozen for a few, like a few decades. Yeah. <laughs> he like wakes up and he gets defrosted and he's like, holy shit, what has happened? That's how I feel where I feel like I've just been frozen for four years. So how, what's the timeline? Like, were you developing ideas like for your your rugs and stuff here and then you moved to van and then fully committed to doing that and then moved back and started to do it or were you like the initial like production on your rugs that start in vancouver or was that when you moved home and were really bored and stuck at home (laughs) um it all happened during the pandemic because before before that I was doing photography I was serving at a Thai restaurant on commercial drive called King Cow so good um but that's just pretty much what I was doing and then the pandemic hit and then two months in I decided to purchase a tufting gun and so for the, like the last three, four months I was in Vancouver, I was just working, making rugs. And then, and then I came here. So I've really only been in the textile industry for a little under three years. I never thought this would lead me to this for sure. Yeah. You know, like when I, when I first saw your rugs and even to now, I just, I think that they're, like there's such an amazing idea and I wonder like did you were you just feeling out an idea and it worked out or did you like have the notion that it was going to work when you started like they just seemed like such a good idea and like it, it was, was yeah yeah it was sorry. such a natural process it really was um yeah it was it was just one day, like I was really bored at home and I really wanted to make a rug for myself because I couldn't find any asymmetrical rugs. I, w- I went on a whole bunch of like online stores and I could just find like square rugs or just checkered rugs. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to make myself a rug. And then I did and I posted it on my Instagram. And at that time I had like less than a thousand followers and a whole bunch of buddies just wanted to buy buy it and then from there on it just it just rolled what was your first rug was it flubber or was it the bat or basketball one it was the flubber one yeah so it was flubber and then I got involved in basketball about a month later yeah I don't you know they're both like such good ideas I don't know which one I would like see working better the flubber like definitely is your like main export these days right yeah yeah so I've been more focused with that but there are there is a sports collection that will be releasing um on a retailer and there's going to be a whole bunch of more sports involved because I've only done a tennis ball and a basketball but this one will have many more sports um, balls <laughs> released. Um, and then, yeah, so Flubber was number one, though. That's like the OG design. Yeah. And that one, I feel maybe is like more, like anyone could have a Flubber in their home, right? Like the sports ones. I mean, I love sports app and I play sports, so that would work too. But I feel like the flubber is more applicable to every home. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, I started not only because I wanted a rug for myself, but I just wanted to create pieces that made people feel less lonely. Like, you know, at that time we were going through the darkest times of our lives and all I wanted was to be surrounded by playful, colorful things. And that's when I just started making all of these like groovy, asymmetrical, like lopsided flubbers. And I also watched flubber and I was like, this movie is amazing. <laughs> like I need to do something about this. So um, 
that's how it came to be. But I just, yeah, I just wanted to put color in people's homes and it was just like the perfect, it's just like, yeah, the perfect time to do that. And do you feel that they, uh, like uh, immediately they resonated with people or did it like take a while of you posting for people to catch on or was it like post one they just like did well yeah so the first post did really well um and then I kind of fed into that and started making more and then just got more attention from that and I think people could really see my personality in these designs they know that even before that that I've I am a very colorful human and I love like people who personally know me just know how much I love pop culture and the 90s and the early 2000s so a lot of the people who bought the rugs were my close friends because I think they just knew that that was pieces of me that was going into their home yeah and from there on people were starting to get to know me more and get to know my work and they were just moments of nostalgia these pieces like you look at one and it reminds you of something as a kid or you know a Nickelodeon show or yeah I'm very inspired by Lizzie McGuire because I've watched Family Channel for like five years every day and that was like a lot of my inspiration as well and so I feel like that really resonated with a lot of people because it was a lot of people that was our age watching that too so which was so cool and now I know uh when I ran into you the other day you were saying that you uh like are in the process of kind of transitioning you as away from being like the face of it all do you find that's gonna like kind of get tangled like if if these things are presented as like an extension of you personally but then you're attempting to remove yourself as the face of it is that gonna get misconstrued along the way at all are you worried about that affecting like the the progress Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I, well, with the new brand that I'm launching called Your Homie, I just really wanted to create something that is separate from my identity. And as humans, you know, we're always evolving and shape-shifting. And so everything around me is changing and we're all changing. But last year I felt really stuck in my work because I was making all these repetitive designs for retailers and it took away of a lot of creative time for myself and of all the other designs that I've wanted to do but I just was having to make so many of the same designs and this brand your homie lets me be able to have a dependable brand for those who really do love my designs but they're upper scale and they're more plushier but now I can just separate myself from that and just be an artist on the side and just still create and not have to kind of just dive into the commercial world with myself. Right. So like then I guess you're still like remaining kind of really in tune with the the rugs. You're just kind of stepping away from being so like prevalent with the brand. And they're completely separate. Like, will they uh, have different, like, online stores and everything? Yeah, they'll be completely separate. Um, Your Homie is going to be a collection of five categories, which will have um, home goods. And also, it will have clothing as well. Um, And then for myself, I'll still be collaborating with other artists, but they'll just be one-offs, you know, one of a kind pieces where your homie will be able to have tons of qualities of the same design. Right. I can kind of just do my own thing on the side. And like, if I want to tuft something that I designed last night, I can do it and not have to make a million flubber parties (laughs) that is killing me. (laughs) So 
Yeah. Will, uh, do you intend on like selling your homie through other vendors or you're going to like retain all that yourself, like through your own online store? Yeah, I'm going to just have full control of it um, and just be having it fully exclusive online. Um, The first month of the launch, it's just going to be in person because I really want the locals to have the first look of it. And then after the first month, I'll have it available online for everyone else. But I really want to put like... I really want to be thoughtful with this launch and not just launch everything in one day and then kind of just have it over with. I want to really put a lot of love into the launch and like really show my gratitude to everyone, especially in Edmonton that have supported me through the 10, 15 years that I've been involved and um, yeah. And just have them be able to go and check it out. So the launch is September 3rd at anonymous and it won't have all the pieces, but there will be um, some clothing and then some new rugs that are amazing. I'm so excited for everyone to see because they're a lot bigger than mine. Um, and yeah. What what time? September 3rd, Anonymous, which is like White Ave and Calgary Trail. I, you know, I'll find the exact address and uh, I'll plug that in the show notes. But what what time is the opening? I, I actually don't even know. Um, whatever time they open at, I think like they open at 11. I think it's at 11. It's going to be a launch where like I won't be at. I'll, oh, I'll, yeah, okay. I'll be setting everything up the night before um, and then just kind of letting the products do their thing. Is that strategic? Like, are you choosing not to be there so that you don't have to be like so associated with all the the products? Honestly, I just get really uncomfortable when all of the attention is like, is on me in a way. Like even my birthday parties, I get really uncomfortable. So I just really want the products to speak for themselves and not have any of my physical self involved. So I am just going to have it all set up and let people come and think how they want to think with the products without me kind of standing there and being like, Hey, yeah, no, that that's very cool. And very like noble. That's a, uh, a cool experiment too. I'm I'll be there, so I'll I'll report back what the vibe was. I'm sure it'll be wonderful. That's a okay. cool idea. I I get super nervous about that type of stuff too. I never thought about just distancing from it. Like I always just go and feel uncomfortable. I wish I would have like thought about. It setting up the night before and then just backing away yeah yeah I mean it all depends like it is really cool to meet people who want to come support you and have that one-on-one intimate energy with you know like instead of just them sending you a dm and being like this is great um but there are times where I just for especially for this that I just want my products to speak for themselves and I don't want to have I just, yeah, I don't want to dampen them at all with my uncomfortable vibe. So yeah. I'm just going to like smudge them and let them be and then come home and watch Love Island because that is what I like to do. I, I'd be interested though. If I was you, I'd be trying to set up like a nest cam or something so you could like watch it. You know, have picture in picture on Love Island and at least like see how people are reacting. Yeah, I mean, maybe you like maybe I could set up a hidden camera um, with you and you can just. Yeah, I can. I'll wear like a, a pen camera in my shirt pocket and just no one will know. That's perfect. We should definitely do that. Do you. Uh, 
like for releases like this, do you feel that there's more potential for like local events like that moving forward? Like I personally feel the scene is more like perceptive and and they're willing to go out to events like that more than they were like before the pandemic and then the pandemic exasperated everything and now I feel people are like pretty eager to get out and support stuff so I feel now it's like a, a really really opportune time to be unveiling stuff like that locally for the logos like a couple of years ago it didn't really make sense to have an Edmonton only release for something because we had such a like small even the people here who were supportive there's only a few of them so it just wasn't sustainable at all what what's your like thoughts on the success of of local openings now compared to a few years ago I feel the pandemic really kind of spruced it up. I feel like we all got FOMO during that time. Oh, yeah. And then when, you know, every day I would wake up and be like, okay, when this is over, I'm going to go to restaurants and I'm going to go support. And, you know, like I was just really persistent on that. And I feel everyone went through that energy as well. So I think that's a big thing. I feel like now we know what it's like to have to stay home and like not be able to see people or take part in any sort of community events and now we have the opportunities to kind of get that going so it's like we're reliving again yeah definitely I know I like our first event after all this I strategized so much like waiting for the exactly the perfect time where I was like everyone had been cooped up for so long but I didn't want to wait too long after that because then everyone would already go out like be in beast mode trying to party as much and then they'd be over it like a month or two later so I was like really trying to think of the perfect time and then like now looking at it I feel like that time is a lot the window is is way wider than i thought like for me i was like we have to do like mid-july is the only time and now i realize like for the next like maybe forever now like it people just want to go out and do stuff so yeah yeah they do it's so cool to see that because you know even before that as you said like not many people would or a lot, of, a lot of people also moved back here during yeah. the pandemic and that's really cool like for me to be back in my home city and be able to like finally go explore it again like like a newborn baby is just it's such a cool feeling are you uh, like born and raised here yeah yes um I am my parents both are um my mom is Cree so she's from Big Stone Cree Nation um a a reservation called Wabaska and then my dad was born here too but he's Scottish and German so I am half white and half Cree so half of me hates half of me (laughs) I'm kidding (laughs) and what do your parents think of all this like obviously I mean what's not to like but are they they've always been like supportive of what you're doing yeah yeah I feel like it's really funny I feel like they still in ways don't fully understand what I what I do in a way like oh I know exactly (laughs) what you mean I I don't think my mom like she's so cool and so supportive I don't think my mom has any idea what Noah Fest is like I think she thinks I just like put stickers on things <laughs> yeah it's really it's really cute um my dad he he is such a hype guy his Instagram is super supreme Dave and he's obsessed with supreme so. yeah I've seen it and so awesome. yeah so anyone who's listening go follow him um so he's always been such an icon and 
like an inspiration for me, just, you know, someone, and especially my mom too, like they both are stylish humans. So seeing them still take care of themselves and still, you know, they go on movie dates, they go out dancing, like they're still living their life and they're in their mid fifties. That's like a huge inspo for me. Was your dad into all that stuff uh, when you were growing up? He has always been a sneakerhead since I was a baby, um, but just different brands. Like he was really into Sean John and Anichi and yeah. he shopped at Solar and West Ed. All oh, the time. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he's always been involved in that. Um, and so, yeah, he's been, he's always been the stylish stylish guy and he used to be a break dancer so i feel like that's where a lot of his sway came from that's like uh like not even dying like maybe dead art like the b-boy is like one of the coolest things you could be back in the day and now like i haven't met one in a long time i've met like the ogs who like keep it alive but like it it's so rare that you'd be like a 20 year old b-boy but i know i i think like that needs to come back for sure it does it really does i will say that um the the your homie campaign there might be a scene where there might be my dad break dancing in it (laughs) that's amazing yeah, and then maybe that will be the catalyst and to kind of bring b-boying back to the forefront of everyone's minds. I know, we got to bring it back. Did, it's like dancing. Dancing has is not a thing. Like Yeah. We got to bring that back, like disco and I I know I remember hearing you like like battle raps. We used to do some dance battles yeah yeah did your dad used to like battle people and compete all that stuff yeah he did he um he and my mom met at a roller skating rink and so my dad was in a like roller skating crew and his um breakdancing name was twitch because he can like tick like he's really good at doing like the tick I I'm really bad I'm not actually going to try but yeah um, he's really good at that and he also I remember when we were younger he could do the worm on the ground so I would always be like dad do the worm and he would just go down and just just look so cool and I'm like how did you do that it's insane yeah it seems like something that would like gain a lot of traction on TikTok, which is sort of how everyone is gaining traction for everything these days. It makes yeah. sense. I, th- I think it, actually it's on him to revive this culture. <laughs> it's all on him. <laughs> what a what do you know what years he would have been like really active in b-boying like the would it be the late 80s early 80s yeah early 80s yeah um yeah early 80s because I think the 80s was when roller skating got like really popular I remember my dad saying like on Fridays and Saturday nights they would not even drink and go to the roller skating rink and just skate for six hours and just listen to music and dance. And I'm like, wow, things have really changed now because now it's like our definition of fun is going out, sitting at a bar and drinking (laughs) And, and not going to shows or I mean for me like I remember when I was 18 I went to so many shows all the time but um, now I just feel like it's so different now like I don't know anyone who just like where we all are like let's go dancing let's just and I can't even think of a place to go dance at to be honest 
I think I actually heard the other day there might be a new roller rink. Like someone reopened one in the city. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually right by my parents' house. It's on the north side where the North Cineplex is. It's like in that cul-de-sac. Um, yeah, I, I haven't been, but my dad, every time I see him, he's like, want to go roller skating? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I wonder if, if he would like think it was cool or if it's like most cultures when they try to like reboot it and bring him back. It doesn't really have the same like cachet as it did back then. Yeah, I think people rollerblade as well now too. So that's already kind of different where yeah. we're just blading by you on these like 90s blades. Be interesting to just like hear how he felt about it. Maybe. Yeah, you should have him on. He would, you should totally have him on your podcast. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Yeah, I know he's like an Instagram personality. Like, I've I've seen his photos. Who do you, you have to take those photos or does your mom take them? It's usually me or my sister. We like do little photo shoots (laughs) with him. Um, We did attempt to make him a TikTok and he came over for like three, four hours and we made these like TikToks where he like transitioned into different outfits and that was really fun, but it's so energy consuming that I was like, damn, dad, I'm sorry. I don't think I can do this. This is too much. Yeah. Like three times a day, every day. I think that's what, what it takes to, to be a TikToker. It's wild. I love the idea of it, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. Do sure. you have TikTok? I I have one, and I've been. I was telling you a bit when I saw you. I'm I'm strategizing a way to like have my disability work on there, but it's an insane amount of work. I I can't figure it out. Maybe one day, but. It's I I look more more than I post for sure. It's like I I love to talk. It's uh, the best waste of time. You know, I'm always on it and I feel I didn't need any of this. Like my life isn't better at all for watching this, but it was still fun. Yeah, there's so many cool things that like you learned from TikTok, like from recipes. Yeah. To just like crafts and yeah, there's so much. It's endless on there. Do you feel uh, like you're, you're, I guess not really as a result of TikTok, but just because there's so much of everything out there on the internet, do you feel there are more people like trying to work with textiles and even make rugs than there were a couple of years ago. And then like, do you, is that a positive or a negative to you? Like if, if the culture gets like oversaturated, whether it's, it could be anything, but like, do you see it as a positive or negative that more people flock to a certain thing? I think it's a positive up until you straight up see your designs being stolen from. Yeah, yeah. And that's been probably the biggest challenge for me because when I first started tufting, I remember there was maybe like three to five accounts that was also getting involved into tufting the same time I was. Yeah. And then fast forward it six months later and It's just a huge trend. And it's so cool though, to see people be able to express their brand and their flavor into tufting. Cause that's the best part is like being able to create something and seeing the outcome right away. Like as soon as you tuft, your rug is finished. I mean, minus all the grooming and all that process, but it's such like a satisfying creation. But I I was, I've always have troubles with people who 
I see a lot of my designs with what they're doing. Yeah. And I try to just take it with a grain of salt and just be like, you know what? That's great. They're inspired by me. And that's amazing as itself. But then there's like parts of me that is like, I've worked so hard. And, you know, each time you see this, your profits are being taken away from you. Yeah. With the online world, anyone can kind of steal whatever you create. And that's the scary part about being online and putting your work out there. It's like a very vulnerable process in that way. Yeah. But I have been like, I have been finding um, like pieces of me that are angry, but I'm still trying to heal from it and not be so angry and just kind of keep going and have it motivate me to be able to even push myself with newer designs and kind of go from there. But yeah, it's hard. Yeah. I don't want to like throw salt in the wounds at all, but what's like the worst you've seen? Like if people like directly, like blatantly copied an entire idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I won't say who it is, but there is this brand um, and they're based in New York and they have, this was probably about like a year and a half ago. Um, There does, they had one design that was exactly like mine, like exactly. And I messaged them and we had a conversation and I let them know where I was coming from. And I thought they were being really receptive And they were saying how they won't put this design into any further production whatsoever. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And then I think a few months later, I noticed that they are still producing the same design. And that's where I had a problem. I was like, okay, you know, we talked about this. I trusted you, but now you're like reproducing it. And, you know, they have way more followers. They're like super cool because they're based in Brooklyn and yeah, so it's just, it's hard to compete with that. Cause I'm just like this little lady in Edmonton, Alberta and, you know, but it's okay. It's going to happen in any, in any kind of craft that you do, you're going to have that one, one other like brand that will just motivate you to just kind of stand out from them. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good way to look at it. And like, it, it sounds like you're every day trying to cope with it better i'm the same way i used to get like pretty mad when i would see elements of what i was doing done elsewhere but kind of and everyone says it's a form of flattery like of course it's still gonna get to get to you on off days but Mm -hmm. i i would be again i don't want to make this harder on you but i wonder when urban outfitters will just blatantly copy your rugs like it seemed i mean they would do a way worse quality and without like any of the personal touches but they could like easily just mass produce basketball rugs and it, mm-hmm. terrible it's not that i want them to but i could see them trying to get away with that type of thing Yeah. I honestly, like every day I'm just waiting for just a big retailer and to, yeah, completely steal that. And, you know, it probably is going to happen, but hopefully the audience in the online world kind of understand how important it is to support local artists and those big retailers, they just steal like, and so Yeah, I hope that I feel like during the pandemic, it got really much stronger for those to understand to support smaller artists because they're the ones that are creating um, and they don't have the voice to even say that they're being stolen from. Yeah. Uh, So I'm so it got really more it got much more powerful. And I remember I had a lot of like beautiful messages sending me love and completely like a lot of people understand that this is my work and that it's coming from me so I hope that I've built my brand strong enough for people to see and recognize that yeah yeah but it's it's hard and you know like I can't afford a lawyer or like people are saying you should patent your designs and that's expensive yeah 
So yeah, too much. <laughs> Are there any uh, any like lanes or anything kind of adjacent to what you're doing that you really would like to try and get involved with? Like any even fabrics that you want to work with that you haven't had the chance to yet? Like what what's your like long long-term plans for your output well my long-term plans is just to like with homie they're gonna have um a full-on seasonal clothing collection so we're really experimenting with airbrush and denim so those are the two main things that we'll be releasing through your homie um and then with the other products, uh, they'll be made with like New Zealand wool, which is much more durable and plush. And, and my rugs, they're made with an acrylic yarn. So they are very gentle and they're not good for high traffic areas. Um, I've seen my rugs on like my friend's floors and they're completely just evaporated. <laughs> like they're just so smushed down. So these rugs with your homie, will be like forever lasting and so i'm really stoked to be working with wool with that um and then yeah with denim i love denim and i really want to bring denim back and um we're doing like full-on denim track suits and more stuff but yeah so it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun do you see uh the future of of homie being kind of whatever you're into like seasonally like guys like you won't always focus on denim right you just want to now i think it's gonna be fully just denim and airbrush um only because i want it to be really dependable i want these products to be really long lasting and and thoughtful and slow i don't want to just keep reproducing each season, whatever I'm into. So I really want this brand to be just super dependable where you're thinking like, oh, I need a denim jacket and you know exactly who to go to. Right. Yeah. With my work, I do so many different drops and so many different products that it's really hard to be dependable in that way. So I really just want to make your homie as someone that you can really rely on for certain items. Yeah. And that, I mean, the like longevity and like the, the singular, the, the more condensed focus, I would say it's a, a better way to go, but I know like with fashion, you're so many seasons ahead and things change and, I mean, it's not all about money, but when you have bills to pay and stuff, you kind of want to make at least a few items that, you know, guaranteed sell. But is that, uh, that's one thing I've never, never really had a hand in. I assume working with like denim, especially like quality denim is, is probably a quite elaborate time consuming process. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of those fabrics too, where the stitching is, you can see it as soon as you sew it. So the stitching itself has to be almost perfect in ways. Um, but like trying to find a perfect denim jacket, I find is really hard. So that's kind of what we're working on right now is just these everlasting products that are classic, but also different to whatever else is on the market. Um, and, you know, fashion itself is so not sustainable. It's, it's crazy what, how much like becomes so wasted. Yeah. So I really, each collection that's going through your homie is going to be sustainable and it's going to understand the process of how it's made and who it's made by. And each piece, like each piece that's being made is going to have a made by tag and it'll have the name on whoever made it. So I'm just being really, really thoughtful with that because I think it's so important to when you're, you know, spending some of your, some of your moonies to know who it's made by. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm excited about that. And um, yeah. 
what sounds sounds awesome. When I actually were those your jeans? When I saw you, you were wearing uh like denim with the like neon kind of all over. Yeah, no, those weren't mine. Um, I got those at um the Golf Wayne store. Um with uh Tyler the Creator's store. Oh, I didn't up. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he has a pop-up um in LA and it's such it's such a funny place because as soon as you walk in, there's a security guard and he tells you, okay, there's no, like no photos, no videos. Um, your cell phone has to be put away. So we're like, okay. So we walk in, we're looking at the clothes. We pick up a shirt from the, like the, from the rack. And the one guy comes up to us and goes, sorry, like you can't touch the clothes. Like they have to stay on the rack. So we're like, okay, sorry. So we put the shirt back down, start like going through it again. I found those pants. So I asked if I could try them on. The same guy goes, oh, sorry. Like you can't try these clothes on. And we're like, okay, okay. Sounds cool. Thank you so much. So I'm like still going to purchase the pants, of course. Um, and then when I went and purchased them, the guy goes, oh, by the way, it's like all sales are final. <laughs> And I'm like, this is the craziest shopping experience ever, but I'm still going to buy them. <laughs> and they worked out. And they, they did. Fit. Yeah, they did work out. Do you ever uh, like experience like a retail experience like that and then let it inform how you want to retail your stuff? Like, does that make you want to not let people try on your stuff or it makes you want to let people try it on more like either oh. go with it or go against whatever they're doing oh it does the complete opposite for me I'm like I want my clothes to be tried on and I don't want someone to drop $300 and like not be happy with it and then be stuck with this item yeah I think that's I mean, I understand where that store was coming from. It's like super exclusive and Tyler's already made a name for himself so he can do that. Yeah. But I'm still like a small, small designer. So I want people to be able to like feel my clothes at least or like, you know, be human with them instead yeah. of like having it be kind of more of a museum and like not being able to touch anything. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean that sounds cool. And to be honest, the type of consumer I am, I would have really wanted to buy them even <laughs> more the way that was presented. But yeah, I can think of even a few friends of mine who would have hated that. Yeah, and then you're like surrounded by all these like cool skaters, and there's a skate ramp in the store, and you're like, okay, cool. So I can skate, but I can't try on these clothes so weird <laughs> yeah that is interesting that's actually too like when i i started to develop my interest sarah and i would travel we were in a few stores that maybe not that strict but kind of and that made me think like this store is cool like what they're what they're making is cool is there a way to like do this but then treat customers really well instead and then that's that's what I attempted going forward so I guess that type of thing does like inform the way I do things but I'm like you and like it, it taught me what I don't want to do and like how I don't want to treat customers but uh, I mean yeah Tyler is a platinum artist you can do whatever he wants granny like built a name before all this so which is yeah. good or bad depending how you see it yeah I mean what's really cool with you is you provided a shopping experience but also like a coffee shop experience where people just came in and talked with you and hung out with you like the times that I would come into Nova Fest were times that I like wanted to chat with you and hang out for a bit and, you know, and like look at what's, what's merched and everything. And so I think that's really important is to like, and what's really 
the definition of cool for me is exactly what you did was have these products up for sale, but not be pretentious about it and let them just be looked at however they want to be looked at. And I think that's so important. And that's how I want my products is like, I don't want to have this like pretentious air about them. Like they're better than you because they're not like these people are the ones who are supporting you. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And thank you so much for saying that. But yeah, I, I always, I thought that like Noah Fast kind of is a coffee shop. We ironically never had coffee. We were missing like the main element, but no, I've always, even till now, I, I would love to try again, maybe do a different type of retail, but coffee would always be a part of it going forward. Like I would love to, to have like, uh, Maybe not like a, a full like Central Perk or something, but like have <laughs> coffee for sale be a huge factor. Uh, yeah, that'd be really cool. I mean, when I was in Vegas, you got to drink and shop and I thought that was the coolest thing. I was like, I can have this alcoholic slushy and walk around the malls. So I feel like having a latte in your hand and looking at your products sounds great. But at least, I mean, coffee, like, helps conversations, but alcohol inhibits, <laughs> you know, like, if we, I'm sure the, the people out there sell a ton more stuff because people are tipsy. And, like, <laughs> yeah. if, if I could have served alcohol in our past, we would have probably sold a lot more stuff. But then people would probably re- regret those purchases, and that's not really how I want to sell stuff, but I do see how that would be an amazing like fusion of alcohol and retail. I mean, think of, think of like how much stuff Amazon must sell at night when people like I ordered the dumbest, like I ordered a waterproof like Bluetooth shower speaker. And that was definitely after like some natural one. I didn't like soberly order that product, but I love it. <laughs> I know I did the same where I bought um, a giant water bottle that was like no one needs that much water and it had like affirmations on it (laughs) it was like you go girl like drink more just like reminders to drink more and now I just look at it and I'm like hmm (laughs) I wonder if I would have bought this sober I'm not too sure sounds cool though (laughs) Yeah. And now there's a story behind it, so that's the best kind of purchase when there's like a bit of a narrative behind it. Yeah. So we we talked about the opening. Is there anything else like coming up that you want to promote or just have people stay tuned for the next? Yeah, just to stay tuned. Um there's a lot going on. There's going to be some new collections releasing on Essence, which I'm really excited about. Um, what else is there? And yeah, and just your homie, September 3rd, it's going to be anonymous for a full week. Um, come through whenever you can. Um, and then after that, people are going to have to wait a month to see the products because it'll be, I'm going to make a catalog with them and gonna have people be able to order the catalog to see the products first so want to make that really special special time so and then yeah there's much more going on but I don't want to bore people so I'll just keep that to myself (laughs) yeah and and like the the allure and the surprise announcement always goes a long way so that's good but yeah the uh, I'm excited I haven't actually uh I haven't been to the new Anonymous yet, so this is a good reason for me to go. And uh, Izzy won't be there, but September 3rd. This We're recording a bit early, but I'll put this out on the 1st. So I'll make sure to get like all the, the address and the exact times and everything so I can promote it properly. But Yeah, that sounds cool. I'm 
It's funny. I still kind of haven't like figured out the details of it yet. All I know is that I'm like sneaking in there the night before setting it up and then just kind of letting everything do its thing. But um, yeah, so if once I have more details too, I'll send them to you right away. And yeah, right. we haven't even really promoted it to be honest. This is actually the first time I'm like promoting it on a platform. I did, I did a little promotion on my Instagram with one video, but it's near the end. So if anyone didn't go and watch the full thing, they wouldn't have even known. So um, but yeah, it's going to be exciting. Well, I'll, uh, I know you probably have stuff to get to. And uh, I, I took longer to start this than I should have. But before we go, do you want to let everyone know like where they can find you on the internet, Instagrams and whatever? Yeah, so you can find me on IG at rochelle.ca and then that is my website as well so uh, rochelle.ca and then um, on my website I have a stockist list of all the retailers that carry my products Um, I am on TikTok but I only have one video so don't check it out (laughs) and uh, yeah then go follow your homie it's uh, for your homie that's the Instagram so like the number four? No, it's the um the the word F O R. Like F O R Y L U R. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll I'll put that in the notes as well. But uh thank you so much. That's a very interesting look into what you're up to. Answered a lot of questions I had just personally hopefully entices a lot of people to look into what you're doing which is cool i'm a a huge fan so thank you thanks wes i'm a huge fan too and uh yeah thanks again for having me and if i hope this was interesting enough for people to listen to (laughs) 